how do we create more sustainable people, businesses, and a more sustainable world? At EarthSelf, we believe you need to create harmony between humanity and nature. Sustainable the Podcast brings you inspiring interviews with leaders who are taking action to help create harmony between humanity and nature. Join your host, Tabby Jane, founder of EarthSelf, to discover nature-connected ways of being and working and become inspired to take action. In episode 118, I explored the past, present and future directions of Sustainable the Podcast and what I've learned from two years of doing the show. Today, I'm speaking with Anne Pike. Anne Pike is the Head of Business Development for Quality Scotland, helping private, public and third sector organisations deliver organisational excellence. She provides expertise in all aspects of organisational management, including developing business strategy, preparing and delivering business activity plans, benchmarking, research, improvement planning and implementation, budget management, relationship management and event organisation. Anne is experienced in providing a wide range of business improvement services across traditional and new social media channels and is strong on delivery to ensure that business objectives and outcomes are met. Anne's background is in financial services, specialising in customer services for all types of products and services. Welcome Anne, it is great to have you on Sustainable Today. Thank you. So could you explain what Quality Scotland is and what it does? Yes. Um, Quality Scotland are dedicated to helping organisations in their pursuit of excellence. We support all types of businesses to look holistically at how well they are performing as a whole organisation and help them identify the key areas to improve that will have the biggest positive impact on them sustaining organisational excellence and delivering their strategic aims. That's awesome. So when you're saying then that you're looking at the organisation holistically, I mean, I take it that this is, it's not just the financial aspects, it's not just the strategic planning, it's not even just the environmental aspects, it's all of this and how it functions together. It is. Um, we, We talk about balancing people, planet and profit and looking at the correct balance between all three aspects. Um, We use the European Excellence Model as our benchmark of um, what excellence looks like in a whole organisation, and continuous updates are made to this model based on changes to operating environment and business challenges which change over time. We share our experiences um, with a global network of people passionate about business excellence. And in that, um, we mean business excellence as a whole organisation. So then you keep on mentioning excellence. And I know that the vision of Quality Scotland is to make excellence a national characteristic of Scotland. So... What is excellence within an organisation and what are the benefits of striving for excellence for any organisation? Well, by definition, an excellent organisation will be balancing the needs of their people, their profit or their finances and the planet when designing and delivering products or services to meet the needs of their customer. 
in striving to be excellent, your customers are likely to be getting value for money. Your staff are being supported and cared for in all you do. And in all you do, you're considering the impact on that wider environment in which you operate. Overall, your business will be ahead of the competition and more likely to be more sustainable over the longer term. I really, really like that. And it's it's interesting hearing you talk about excellence because what you'd also mentioned there is that there's excellence and there's a European benchmarks for excellence. And to be an excellent organization really is that balance of people, planet and profit, recognizing that that's the way that you get the most value for money. That's the way that your staff feel supported and cared for. And that's the way that you stay ahead of the competition and are more able to, to last and create that sustainable future for your business. Yeah. So then how does an organization balance people, planet and profit all together in one? A lot of that is um, making everyone aware that all three elements of the business are important and one should not be sacrificed um, to benefit the other. There will be circumstances when the priority of the business may be the financial position of the company or organisation. However, in any approaches that you're taking to manage financial challenges, you think about the impact that your decisions have, not just on the financial stability of the company, but the people that are involved in helping you deliver the solutions to those financial challenges and also the, the decisions that you take, how do they ultimately affect the longer term um, environmental position that your organisation is involved in? Mm. And I, I really like what you've said there, Anne, because it means that even if you've got, I suppose, if you've got two decisions in order to create financial sustainability within an organisation, but one of them is going to have a negative impact on people and planet, that's the one that you're not going to do. And you're going to take the one that's got the, be the, the most benefits for all of them, even if you're prioritising one aspect. Absolutely. And it's the same if you, you have a big challenge over the people aspects of the organization and you need to find some solutions. Think about those solutions in terms of the impact on the people that are helping you as an organization and also looking at that wider environment that you work in. It could be that some of the solutions actually come not from the people that you're directly involved with, but maybe indirectly in that wider community in which you work and operate. Mm. I like it. So it's it's really what you're saying there is the solutions can be found in so many different places and it's all about being able to tap into the right, I suppose, the right network to get the right solution irrespective of where it comes from. Yes, and also that the people that are helping you deliver those solutions they're bought into that whole ethos within the company, the culture within the company, that it is important to balance all three 
uh, people, planet, and profit, and one doesn't sacrifice the other. Mm. Yeah, no, I like that, and it, it, this, I suppose all of this that we're we're talking about ties into to, to one of uh, Quality Scotland's values, which is creating a sustainable future. So, I mean, we we're talking a little bit about the importance of how an organisation can balance people, planet, and profit. But what else is Quality Scotland doing to help create this this balance of people, planet, and profit within organisations in Scotland? Firstly, we, we try and lead by example. We benchmark ourselves against the criteria and the excellence model. We carry out regular self-assessments and have a quality improvement strategy and plan in place. We share our experiences with the business community in Scotland and work across all sectors and sizes of organisations. We promote ambassadors of excellence in our member organisations and we share success both regularly through our communications, uh, our communication strategic plan and annually at our awards ceremony. We ourselves have been externally accredited for European Excellence Awards and for Investors in People and the National Green Standards Award. We work locally with the universities and colleges to embed the principles of excellence as defined in the excellence model in the business curriculum, and we present to students always when asked to do so. Wow, that is that's kind of quite a lot that you're doing. And I, I like how what you've, or the very first thing that you do is that you lead by example, recognizing that there is no point in talking about all of this if you're not embodying it within the organization yourself. Yeah, that's very much the culture here. You have to walk the talk. Mm -hmm. So then what are some of the challenges that you have faced as an organization in walking the talk? Some of our challenges are um, around the, the number of people that we have working here, the scale of the tasks as presented in our vision, and also at a time when a lot of budgets are being cut, uh, money and funding is a lot tighter. One of the first things that we find goes is a focus on continuous improvement within an organisation. And that's kind of quite interesting, recognising that if with, you know, like you said there, the challenges of having the number of people involved, the scale of the task, and the fact that the, the, the budgets and the funding's getting cut, to actually have continuous improvement being one of the first things that go when ironically that's the that's the thing that's going to drive an organization forward yeah so our communication strategy has to consider that we have to consider that quality improvement and continuous improvement is a challenge within business at this economic time so we have to find ways of making the, making the case for the importance of continuous improvement and linking it to 
the importance of having a sustainable business future here in Scotland. Mm, I like that. And I mean, what would, what would advice would you give to any organisation who is saying, God, we recognise that we're experiencing these challenges. We do have a challenge of continuous improvement. What, why do we need to keep on having the continuous improvement? And what's the one thing that we could do to actually start moving back into that, recognising the, the challenge that we're facing? Well, firstly, I would I would say we we are actually seeing some green shoots in that area. Some some members of our organisation who had budget cuts took out membership lines within budgets. We are now starting to see people coming back to us and renewing membership. They clearly are recognising the importance of having a focus on quality within the organisation and quality improvement. So we, we are seeing a slight turn in the trend and we're getting members coming back to us. However, we would love a lot more members to come to join Quality Scotland family or rejoin if they've been members in the past. And um, the one thing that I would say is that short-term savings often lead to long-term financial implications. So you take shortcuts now, but actually they cost you more money in the longer term. So making continuous short improvements as you go lead to a much more financial positive position in the long term. Yeah, and I, th I think that's a really, really powerful point to to make in arguing the case. If you're making short-term decisions based on saving money right now, potentially you're creating bigger problems in the future. And one of the ways that you can change that approach, as you've said, is if you're in Scotland, come and join the Quality Scotland family so that you can get this support for continuous improvement. And I'm going to make the assumption that without or out with Scotland, there would be other organisations similar to what you do in other countries as well, wouldn't there? There are, and we're part of a global network which gives a lot of benefits to our members here in Scotland because we can link them with this global network of organisations. That way you can learn good practice. You don't need to keep reinventing wheels that in itself saves resources, saves time, saves effort, saves, saves a lot of pain of making mistakes. You can learn from others who have been in your position possibly um, in the past. This global network that we have access to has lots and lots of experience and are more than willing to share their experience with our members. We have a similar partner organisation in England, in Wales, in Ireland, and then across Europe and beyond. The model is used in many, many countries now across the world. And we, this year, have made a strategic link um, with our American version, which is the Baldrige model, 
and we're linked up with um, Aldridge in America and with a big university in America. And that university is currently offering some of our members mentoring support. That's awesome. I'm really liking the global links there. And I, I love the fact that you've been able to highlight, because I, I know that we've got a lot of US listeners on the podcast as well, that there is a comparative network out there that's doing something similar, which is the Baldridge one. And also recognising that if you're in England, Wales, Ireland or Europe, you can find the partnerships there. But most importantly, if you're in Scotland, it really sounds as if being a Scottish member, being part of Quality Scotland has given you access to the world. Yes. So, Anne, recognising that the the model that you use is, is, is really a worldwide model that's been used all over the world, how does an organisation balance environmental, social and economic performance in relation to the, the, the model that you're mentioning so that we can, we can all understand best practice? Well, firstly, um, the model when it was created was based on a set of values which were first expressed in the European Convention on Human Rights and latterly the European Charter. So we align ourselves to the eight fundamental concepts of excellence which are expressed in the model. And these have been built on the foundation of the basic human rights as set out in the European Convention and assume to follow them all in the correct balance. We also recognise the role business can play in supporting the broader goals of the United Nations. And only today on the, the radio, um, before this interview, we heard about a new United Nations report that's just come out. So. The model itself is very much linked to helping deliver the broader goals and the principles of um, what the United Nations are trying to achieve currently. These, these are either um, explicitly stated or implied in some way so that there's a 100% coverage in the model um, of the United Nations goals. So by using the model to assess how well any business is doing as a sustainable, excellent business, you're actually being challenged to think about the broader picture always. And it's that broader picture about balancing people, planet and profit. So you're not, you're not getting too specific on any one aspect of your business. There will be times when you have to get involved in specific aspects, but if it's always in relation to that balance of people, planet and profit, it should be a good outcome. Overall, we feel if more people are concerned or challenged in their thinking and their actions by something like the excellence model, they are naturally more likely to think about how the products and services they rely on to run a successful organisation are actually impacted by a damaged environment. And hopefully they will consider more carefully the need to improve the, the global well-being 
which helps move people from poverty to being actual consumers and in turn helps that whole economic um, viability. Mm. So when we're talking like United Nations goals, I mean, you'd, you'd mentioned that they were kind of like tied to human rights, but I'm also assuming that the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals are embedded into the, the, the model of excellence as well. They are by the definitions of the principles in the model of that balance between people, planet and profit, I believe. Perfect. Perfect. No, that's 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 really useful to know. And then, what was the new? You mentioned that there was a new United Nation report that's just just come out to today. What what is that? And would it be worthwhile us all going and checking it out? Well, what I was hearing from this report today, mainly talking about the um, the increase of one degree in the the world temperature. Mm-hmm and us having much more research and information to help us understand the impact on the environment of any increase beyond a 1% increase in temperature. Now, my understanding of listening to it today was that before we thought it would be okay to increase our world temperature by, say, another degree, mm-hmm. up to three degrees. Now they're saying that will have a catastrophic impact on the environment if we do that. And therefore, there's a much greater need and imperative for people to do a lot more individually and as business to avoid that happening. Mm. And coming back to it, the this this model of excellence is an ideal way to do it. And not only that, it's it's something that's internationally recognized as a benchmark for doing good in business. Yes. We'll be right back after this short nature break. So how has focusing on quality and excellence impacted the way that you live your daily life then, Anne? I'm certainly much more aware of the work um, of the people like the United Nations are doing and how I can, in a small way, do things that help the bigger picture. It, It has made me think about the causes I support and why I support them. It makes me think about what I talk about, what I read about and learn about and why I do that. Personally, I'm trying to be more responsible and help others see why being environmentally responsible actually helps us all. Mm -hmm. And I, I certainly try to be more proactive around some things rather than reactive as I was in the past. I was more a bystander in the past. I now try to be more proactive. And some of the key things I think that I've done, now some of this has been that balance between financial and partly, you know, my interest in the environment. 
but examples being reinvested in solar panels, which saves us money. Okay, it was an investment up front, but in the long term, it's saving us money um, in our household budget. It's made me very aware that I should be using my appliances in the house when I'm generating electricity through my solar panels. So we would never think of putting washing machine, dishwasher on when the solar panels aren't working. Um, we've moved from two cars to one car. We probably should work, walk even more, but that's maybe something I'll need to keep trying harder. And we definitely use, we definitely purchase a lot more loose um, produce than we did in the past. And we try to use a lot less um, household products that are in plastic. Wow. So I, I really love it. And it's, 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 it's what I really am taking away from what you're saying. Instead of being reactive and reacting to what's happening, you're now taking those conscious steps to, to be proactive and to help make changes as much as you can, but also recognizing that it's this journey that you're on and you're taking steps bit by bit to make the changes. Yeah. So who do you most admire and why, Anne? There are several people I admire, and this has definitely changed over time as a result of how my life's progressed, my work roles have changed. I will say in recent times I've been drawn to the aspirations of and work of people like Tom Hunter in Scotland. Despite his global reputation, he still remembers the community he came from and sees the benefit in helping both. Yeah. No, I like that. And what's one of your most favourite memories of a time or place in nature and why? A real fond memory I have is learning to swim in a river in the countryside that I thought was actually miles away from home. We went there most Sundays in the summer. We would build a dam and in the deeper water this created, I was taught by my uncle to swim. In reality, that river's not far away, and when I pass it on my way going south on the M6, I remember those family days out with great fond memories. That sounds awesome. I like it. That child's perspective, isn't it? It's so far away. <laughs> no, it's not. Not really. <laughs> so how how have those nature experiences, like what you're talking about, those family experiences of going swimming every Sunday with your uncle teaching you to swim, how have these influenced and impacted the work that you do? I think these experiences have taught me that in this world of consumerism and must have now is not what makes you happy. When you look back on something as simple as being out for the day, building a dam in a barn locally, you got so much happiness out of that. And at the end of the day, it taught me to swim. I love swimming and I still swim now. So you don't you don't need all you know a lot of the consumerism where people need to get things now 
they don't think about it, it leads to waste. That waste in our environment causes great damage. Yeah. So what is the one thing that you want people to take away from our chat today, Anne? The one thing I would like people to take away is there is no excellence or greatness in business, in my opinion, without goodness. If we balance people, planet and profit in all we do, we will all benefit. That's really powerful. Thank you so much for joining me today, Anne. Thank you. Next time on Sustainable, I'm speaking with Bridget Kroc, Vice President of External Affairs for the Closed Loop Fund, about the benefits of investing in the circular economy. If you want to bring more nature into your life and your organisation, find out more about how EarthSelf's nature-connected coaching, consulting and training can help you and your organisation achieve optimal well-being and performance at www.earthself.org. Dot org.